Yeah, I mean, the first answer, hilarious answer, was I am not going to continue my MeUndies subscription. Podcast Junkies, episode 109. Welcome back, everyone. A little late this week. Had some travel last week. Uh, I went to a conference. It was really interesting. It was a conference on how to be a better speaker. But more on that later. If you're new to the show, my name's Harry Duran. I'm the host of Podcast Junkies. We release new episodes weekly with fantastic, engaging, fascinating, beautiful podcasters who tell their story, and it's not always about the podcast. If you missed last week, we had a conversation that was just all over the place and in a beautiful way with uh, Mr. Matt Marr of the Dear Maddie Show. And uh, we did an interesting thing during that re- that recording. We, the day we, we recorded, I recorded my interview with Matt. And the next day, the next uh, hour, we recorded the conversation where I was on his show. So the link is in the show notes, uh, Podcast Junkies uh, slash 108 for my conversation with Matt. So this week I speak to Nico Johnson and he's got a podcast about solar energy in Latin America. How random is that, right? And niche as well. So <laughs> when you're always wondering about uh, how niche you should go with your podcast, solar energy would, would have already been niche enough, but he goes one level deeper. And interestingly enough, the conversation uh, digs into into why he hasn't been as consistent with his show. And, and he's pretty honest and open about why it happens and the fact that he was even able to get a sponsor and uh, some interesting conversations that had to happen with that sponsor as a result of some challenges he had with getting the episode out in time and consistently, which is something all of us struggle with as podcasters. So uh, I think you'll enjoy that conversation. If you're new to the show, then we also have a retention hashtag at the end of the show where I find out who's been listening to the end. It's sort of my naughty and nice list. So stay tuned for that and a little information about our newest sponsor, PodFunnel. You can find more information at podfunnel.com. And uh, towards the end, I'll give you some more details about how you can join up as a PodFunnel pioneer. But for now, how about a little more Nico Johnson? Hey, dude. It's good to see you. You too, man. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like we should have like a tiki bowl in front of us or something. I was just thinking that. I'm like, I was literally like, I don't know, singing random shit to myself downstairs. And I'm like, you know, Chicago, because we met in Chicago for yeah. the first time. It's like the city of uh, you know tiki bars and $125 submarine bowls of fucking awesome hooch. I don't know what that stuff was. <laughs> yeah, that was done in like five seconds. Yeah, well, when you got 21 straws coming out of it, it's... We had, that was good times. Very good. So, we're going to talk about, uh, well, we just started anyway, so whenever, there's no beginning, there's no end. We should, maybe we should talk <laughs> about that, uh, the, the second one, the second underground bar we went to. That was awesome. The one with the hidden door? Yeah, the hidden door. Yeah, where... Where <laughs> It's called the green door, for any, if you leave this in, it's amazing. In Chicago, you have to go to it. It's a speakeasy. You have to know the secret code, and you have to find the bathroom, but don't go to the bathroom. So thanks for joining me on Podcast Junkies and talking about all things random. My pleasure. I'm anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm anything. I'm nothing if not random. So. so that bar was a speakeasy, and 
we went down to meet look uh, look for you guys because I, I thought i lost my wallet at the previous bar and then we couldn't find you i was standing in front of that book sh- it's a bookshelf it doesn't look like a door and i'm like well they're not here and then we went back up out to the street like calling you and then we're like yeah we're here and you go back in she's like oh yeah yeah they're in they're in the other bar and it's like this door thing opens up which is always cool I love it. We we followed this the younger couple in who, when they walked in, so this bar is in the middle of nowhere, Chicago. It's like you have to walk 15 minutes from nowhere to get there. And we walk in, it's like this Irish pub or something upstairs. And we, I saw immediately, it was like me and a few others and JLD was like, dude, where are we going? And I saw this young couple walk in like they had, like they had a secret. You know, <laughs> like they were looking around like people were following them. <laughs> So I just kind of watched out of the corner of my eye and watched them immediately just walk straight to the back where the bathroom is. And uh, it wasn't hard to find after that. So for those who don't know who JLD is. Oh, John Lee Dumas. <laughs> Although most, podca- most podcasters at this point know, right? Yeah, I was actually trying to keep it anonymous, use the use our internal lingo. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if John, John likes I, We could talk about a lot of stuff that would expose John's, uh, John's uh, exciting. Why? exciting lifestyle and how every, everywhere he goes he uh, his mission now is uh what's that 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 app that us old people don't use as much as john does fuck uh snapchat snapchat right i've never once opened <laughs> snapchat so but his mission was to be mentioned in the city thing like whatever oh it yeah, is. yeah yeah and he did and, and it happened it did it was awesome which it, it had was nothing had nothing to do with all of the extravagance and awesomeness of the night we hung out with him and everything to do with an amazing picture that he and kate snapped Kissing in front of a flagpole. Yeah. He's such a romantic, that John Dumas. <laughs> Shout out to John. We got to hang out at Podcast Movement, which is a lot of fun because I met him off and on a couple of times. Just, hey, hi, handshake, and then uh, to get to hang out for a little bit. And to get to know him that he's really as nice as uh, everyone says he is. He really um, is. It's cool. You know uh, what? You should, you really, I think you should have your exe- your personal assistant just for shits when you don't have a whole lot of stuff for them to do. Yeah. Count up how many times you mentioned podcast movement in the last hundred and whatever episodes. <laughs> a lot, I'm sure. A lot, yeah. a lot happens there. And for me, I mean, it is the number one event for me as a podcaster. I mean, it's literally now that I go, it's where I meet up with all my old friends that I've met in previous podcast movements. I make new friends. I barely if have time for any uh, breakout sessions. And yeah, go to podcastmovement.com forward slash podcast junkies for your chance to enter a drawing <laughs> now. Which link 404 link, like yes. page, <laughs> page not found. Get on it easily. So we connected at podcast, uh, obviously at podcast. Movement. It's, it's going to be the podcast movement drinking game now. So. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. We started but wrong. We met through Vernon. Vernon well, is, I mean, um, we were hanging out anyway, and actually, Vernon you know, had mentioned you. Yeah, yeah, we didn't mention. So it, it's possible that Vernon had mentioned me because Vernon and I are good buddies, and we were roommate, we were roomies uh, at Podcast Movement. But I actually came up to you and uh, and complimented you on something that you said in a talk about uh, the way that you envision your audience. Uh, happy to share that because it's it's exactly how I think about my podcast, but. Um, Later in the hallway, I approached you again because I'm a little bit of uh, uh, of an obsessive when it comes to wanting to get to know someone, and I've finally found them. And uh, I really, really loved uh, the first time I heard your episode was 
uh, I was doing a little research on Jared Easley before I went to have lunch with him in South Florida when I was living in Miami. And I listened to your episode, and it uh, it perfectly captured Jared's personality. Yeah, I loved it. You guys rapped in the beginning, so I came up. That was one of my icebreakers. Beatbox. I, yeah, I walked up and uh, and mentioned how much I enjoyed the the beatboxing in the beginning of his episode. And uh, yeah, one of the things that you said at Podcast Movement that really stuck with me, uh, and it's a comment that I was blessed with from one of my listeners after a handful of episodes, which is. That your your goal is that someone can feel like they're sitting on a bar stool beside you in a super casual conversation at a bar, like like they're just eavesdropping on a conversation that perhaps they'd otherwise never get to hear, and, and that's exactly the uh, the frame of mind that I'm in when I'm recording my show as well. At the end of the day, it should feel that's something that's not forced. And too, right. many, too many people are trying to podcast now. And God bless them because they, they, they need something to model or need something to copy. And so they look at what else has been done or what's been a top podcast. And so I'm just going to be that. Totally. Case, case in point, uh, JLD. Uh, someone's, you know, I'm sure there's people trying to be like Serial, trying to be like a startup, <laughs> trying to be like all these famous podcasts because they, they feel that that's what works. But at the end of the day, I wanted to do something that was entertaining for me and something that I felt I could do for the long run. And if I just had a formula or just had people on that I thought would get me better traffic, I, I imagine at some point I'd burn out and just get tired of, t of doing it. Yeah. Well, you're, uh, I've, I've been a fan uh, from the early episodes. Haven't listened to as many as I'd like, but um, I, I, I know I, pinged you on text a couple of times recently because you've been my uh, companion on a number of runs. Your show with Chase, number one, the first episode, and number 100 are fucking phenomenal. Like, easily in the top five podcast episodes I've listened to all year. It's right, amazing. Thank you. It really is amazing. And plug for back to the conversation about Vernon. Vernon's episode is killer. Yeah. Like, just the, the personality, it it, the personality in that episode is amazing, especially given that it's one of your early episodes. Yeah, I think it was a conscious choice early on to connect at a human level with people. And I, I mean, I do that in real life. So why wouldn't I do that on my show? Right. Sure. And, and then you get through the, hey, you know, what mic you're using? What, you know, at some point, those questions just get repetitive. And, uh, and you could probably find all that information on some other show, you know, podcast tips. There's all tons of, there's tons of podcasts about podcasts, first yeah. of all. And, ton, and there's now a group, a sub sub genre of podcasts about podcast podcasters. Um, Dan, Dan yeah. Lizette's podcast digest. Shout out to Dan is a really, really good show. What's interesting is that we just tackle different podcasters and every once in a while we, we run into the same one, which just happened recently with, uh, Mignon Fogarty and with, uh, uh, Hernan Lopez, we actually released within days the same guests at the same time. And this is not in communication with each other. We're not talking. We're not collaborating. But uh, great minds think alike, I guess. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you calling out um, the depth that I went into with Chase because he's one of those guys that makes it really easy to have a freeform conversation. And I, I made it a conscious effort to 
as soon as uh, Skype was on, that the conversation was on. I didn't even yeah. tell him like we're recording. I didn't even tell him welcome to <laughs> I the love show. It. There's that there's that moment where he goes, "Should we start the recording now?" <laughs> yeah. You know, it reminded me um recently I listened to Tim Ferriss's interview with Tony Robbins, which yeah. is an amazing interview. The new new one or the old one? The latest one. The latest one. I haven't heard. Okay. Yeah. And uh and he goes on these long uh, diatribes where he is just dispelling wisdom as Tony Robbins does and it, rem- it actually like I thought back I'm like gosh this is like listening to Chase F- Chase's episode because he will- Chase has these things he's super passionate about and he'll just go on and dig deep into it and that episode felt like one of those uh, I mean and, and so yeah I'm putting your episode with Chase Reeves at the level of like a Tim Ferriss episode with Tony Robbins there you go if I could fit that to a tweet I will there you go <laughs> <laughs> why is it important to you from as a as a listener or why do you resonate with those types of conversations i want to know how people think and all my life like i I'm, i read uh autobiographies history of human development and i think one of the things that fizzle in particular and chase uh, and fizzle by you know extension of chase and corbett gets right is that they help individuals think about, uh, well, break down like some of the stupid uh, impediments that keep them from moving forward, but really think critically about what what is important in their life and how they can augment that and how business is only a portion of life. And so I love conversations with business people that get into uh, their thoughts on just the human endeavor. And I think Chase does that <clears throat> very naturally. It flows out of his conversation in just about everything. And he's effing hilarious. Yeah, um, that helps. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I, actually, I've been thinking a lot about this, the topic of those types of conversations. I had a conversation in just very recently with the guy who writes the check to sponsor my show um, about my concern that it's too long because it tends to be 45 minutes to an hour. And he and I both listened to, you know, these huge uh, Dan Carlin and Tim Ferriss style episodes of, you know, can be one to four hours long. Um, And he said, and he challenged me to think about whether or not I'm pandering to, you know, statistics and trying to grow the audience versus being true to myself. And uh, so I think a podcaster has to walk that fine line of, am I podcasting for myself? Is this a hobby? If I want it to grow and I want a bigger audience, how much of, uh, of, of that sort of long form can I condense into a short form and still be authentic and still dig deep? So uh, I tend towards listening to shows that go longer. And Tim Ferriss actually said it once early in one of his episodes. He said, you know... I just find that it takes at least 20, 30 minutes of talking to somebody before they get through the like the surface level bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I was speaking to someone about that recently as well. I, uh, Jessica Rhodes, um, she books podcasters and so she, she knows a lot about what works and what doesn't. And it's true because it's part of why I only have people on that I've had some sort of connection with in the past. Mm. And even yeah. if it's, and not every single person, you know, obviously when I get the opportunity to interview Brendan McDonald, Mark Maron's producer, I'm like, 
Twitter conversation is fine. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that was cool. And, uh, you know, Leah Tao at, from the podcast, excellent podcast, Strangers. I just was after podcast movement last year after her talk. I said, will you come on? And she's awesome. She lives here in LA. I ended up doing that in person, which is awesome. Nice. I, I had my Zoom. I recorded I myself love. walking on the on the ground. You could hear my footsteps. You could hear me. Okay, I'm nervous. Oh, I'm, dude, I'm walking that's up. That's a great idea. Yeah, listen to, and, it, and then he hears me walking up. You hear me knocking on the door. She opens. He's like, hey, welcome. And then we go into the interview. <laughs> Which number is that? I want to go listen to that interview. Uh, I'll look it up. Uh, I do a lot of I do a lot of live interviews, in yeah. particular when I go to trade shows uh, for my industry because I'm, I have an industry podcast. Um, that is such a fucking awesome idea. So what I did similar is I'm going to do this thing called um, Suncast is my show, and I'm going to do this thing called the Suncast Happy Hour, which totally came out of a fluke from a. Uh, so I do this thing at the end where the person on the on the interview reads this thing that I've written and, you know, it says, hey, welcome to Suncast. My name is blah, blah, blah. And she said, because it was like five o'clock and we we're both drinking wine, she said, welcome to Suncast Happy Hour. <laughs> I recorded it and it is awesome. And I've literally got it in my back pocket. Like I'm going to release, I'm going to do uh, at least, you know, once a month or so a Suncast Happy Hour. And that's going to be my intro because she created it for me. So when I was last in our office in Sao Paulo, Brazil, I recorded the sound of a really busy, like really popular bar. Yeah. And then I recorded the sound of a really popular restaurant. And I'm just sort of, I'm cataloging, like capturing all these different out external sounds, like you're saying, like walking, just so I can try to create a different texture to the show. It, it adds a whole... Another element, uh, Leah Tao was episode number 65. For those of you who want to check out our podcast, junkies.com slash 65. I did something similar when I had the opportunity to head on over to CBS Radio, the studios here in LA, because Danny Pena, who was on a previous show, he said, hey, I'm going to be back in town, and uh, do you want to come to the studios and record us Last time, once was a solo episode with him. He's like, "Do you want to record the whole, uh, the whole crew?" So Danny nice. Pena was episode seventy-eight, and I said, "Yeah, of course, man." So I'm driving to CBS Radio, and I had my Zoom with me, so I recorded myself in the car, and I said, "Hey, heading over to CBS Radio. This is a great because of my podcast story, and you know, literally, like if it hadn't had a podcast, I wouldn't have the opportunity to go to CBS and record it. And it's every." podcaster's dream you show up you just literally sit down at the deck at the at the at the console you've got this mic all this stuff is being recorded there's a guy behind the window recording and i just started recording the the crew and it was amazing you just and then you're like all right we're done and then that's it you just walk away and you're like okay we'll send you the file don't worry about it and so that was that was really cool yeah i listened to like um in particular, the the question of the day podcast that Altucher just recently started, yeah, um, uh, and the micro podcast, and I'm jealous because they both in the show like they'll talk to their producer, and it's clear that they're sitting in a, produ a production room, like a real fucking studio. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, had, I actually had this question for you because it's one. It's uh, at some point maybe we'll discuss it, maybe we won't. But one of the biggest reasons why my show is only 13 episodes right now is sort of production issues or it really might be distilled down to Nico's inability to release his need for perfection. But how much editing do you do versus like having other people do production? Not a lot. I no? mean, if you, if you, the Chase episode is a great example. Unless there's something that 
uh, is a technical issue where we lose the connection and we yeah. have to stop, or there's some crazy coughing fit or something, or the mailman shows up, and I'm like, okay, right. I probably it's probably a bit too much. But I've had guests say, okay, let me look for that book, and while they're looking for the book, since I'm conscious that it's audio, I'm like, okay, I just start talking, and they're just like shuffling, and like, okay, I found the book, and nice. I'm just like, I let it, I let it stay in there because I feel like that gives you that sound that feeling of being there as opposed to yeah. it's tightly edited you're like and we're back and we're back and we're back and it's like this almost like this scripted thing yeah. where whereas if you if you have the pauses or sometimes if people take a while to answer a question i debate on that sometimes because i always want to make my guests look good so if they're fumbling with words and it's a long 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 well well, 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 well you know they're going and it takes like a minute to answer i'm like well it probably doesn't make them sound good so i'm going to cut that but yeah. for the most part i think i, I leave it all in and uh, if the and then on one or two occasions, I've had a guest mention something that said, "Well, I don't think that would make sense for my boss to hear that because it was like something related to to something that wasn't public yet." So she's like, can, right. you, "Can you cut that out?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah," because people speak freely, right? Exactly. You see, so mine's an industry trait is an industry related podcast similar to yours, um, in that I'm interviewing people who are C level executives, typically owners, founders, uh, you know chief commercial officer, whatever, of their company. And because we're close friends, they often tell me shit that like they wouldn't just say. Like they would totally tell me this over a beer or over dinner, but they wouldn't just say it out in the public. So I have to I have to go through and edit a fair amount. And uh and it's it's the unfortunate part is that it's so nuanced. Um and I'm not as so one of the things to, so it's so nuanced that I can't just hand it off to a virtual assistant, or at least I feel like I can't, to say, hey, you know, go ahead and, and cut this down. What would be great is if I had the skills that, uh, as we mentioned, JLD does. Like, I know when he's listening to it, he actually flags stuff while he was recording, and his uh, virtual assistant knows exactly how to do the edits based on his flags. Uh, I'm not at that level yet. Um, well, so you could do something similar. So, for example, we're using I'm using Call Recorder, Mm-hmm. And I'm conscious of the times. So if there's, I've had occasions where something really like a, a fire truck or something goes by. Um, right. I try, I make um, judicious use of the the mute button as well. So if I know that, you know, if there's something making a lot of noise on my end, I'll just mute it. That that way I make it easier for myself. So I do these little things that make it easier for me along the way. And if I see something that should have to be cut, like we lost a connection, I'm like, oh, minute 23 on call recorder. I, I see the timestamp. I just make a quick note and then I keep going. And then that's like things you can do along the way because there's probably something, if you were recording on your, on your end, you'd see call recorder, you know, taking off the time. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. Skype does as well. Yeah, I use Pamela because I'm yeah. stuck in uh, Microsoft world. <laughs> so you brought it up about this this idea of um, you know only having 13 episodes, and it's interesting because if listen regular listeners to the show who, and people who've been listening for a long time, I think they know that when I started, I I had this idea of wanting to speak to people who've been doing podcasting for a long time, and okay. and my internal. Um, marker was to say that you had to have at least 50 episodes because that meant you're taking it seriously and i wanted to have people you know as you might imagine when you have a podcast that interviews podcasters and you go to a podcasting conference people are like oh, i'll be on your show for sure <laughs> and i'm yeah. like and i'm like i don't know who you are so i don't right. know i don't know yeah. Let, let's let's have a beer like i don't know if you're interesting enough no offense but <laughs> yeah. that we can engage for an hour because that's important to me and i want to be able to have a connection with you and i think as i've gotten you know, into the show more two plus years, 
it's more important for me to have a connection with my guest mm-hmm. and that they podcast. And I think the rest will work itself out because I can I can get a feel for how interesting someone is usually after a couple of minutes or maybe after a couple of drinks together. And, and I know, you know, like this whole vibe, like we're simpatico and we can find interesting things yeah. to talk about that will be interesting to the listener. Yeah. And if you've got a story to tell about why you were so excited when you started, you know, you've got this enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. I think you said, hey, it's Nico. Every, you know, come here every Tuesday. I'm going to have an episode for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so a lot That's of podcasters nice. start that way, right? So what yeah. what do you think happened between now and then the reality of of you know weekly podcasting and and then everything else you've got going in your life like uh, settling in? Yeah, I'll back up even uh, a little. Bit. I'll give a little more preface. Uh, that so you invited me to be on this show, and this whole like imposter syndrome creeped in immediately like who the hell am i to like i you know harry that's great you're being nice like it was cool meeting you i'm not your target audience i could give a shit if i'm on podcast junkies because i'm not trying to promote my show frankly like it's i'm just not and i'll I'll talk a whole lot about what's been going on in my mind Uh, but when i i think i mentioned to you actually i know for a fact i mentioned to you the day i went on and followed your link and said okay i'll book the show was the day i listened to vernon's uh, podcast with you and that's one of the reasons why I think it's a it's a great show because that was where I realized early on that your focus was okay uh, that podcasting is not always glamorous and it's definitely not always profitable um, it's actually most often not profitable yeah. um, I've had this uh, burning desire to podcast for a long time um, my wife I, you know, she was just so grateful that I'd finally done something uh, with it. Uh, I was first going to start a, uh, a kite surfing podcast, which Vernon and I may still do. Uh, and then I was going to like, there are four or five podcasts like, oh, I'm going to start this podcast. I paid for podcasters paradise in February of the year that John put it out. Like one of the first few people that, that joined podcasters paradise did zero with it for well over a year. Uh, uh, and I've been in corporate America for a while, um, doing really well. I think that's the other piece is like I have a 50, 60 hour a week job have had and, you know, raising small children and just had this like glamorous idea in my mind. Oh, I'm going to start a podcast. It's going to be this like side thing that I do that'll scratch my itch. I'm, I'm a performer and I grew up singing. I grew up in music. I made, I minored in music in college, thought I was going to be a performer. I thought I was gonna be in Nashville. Um, uh, worked as it worked with a number of artists that ended up um, being a natural and, and being prominent and have family members that are Grammy winners and stuff like that. Right. Like I grew up behind the mic, literally grew up behind the mic. Yeah. So this is one of my most comfortable places. Like holding a sure SM58 is actually one of the most comfortable things I can think of in the, on the planet because since I was three or four years old, I was singing in church and, and whatever, you know? So, uh, just knew it was eventually going to happen. And as I mentioned before, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and uh, neurotic. And I didn't, couldn't wrap my mind around how to do it as a full-time employee uh, or how to be interesting enough that I could do something that would keep going. And then one day I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine, and I'm considered an expert in my industry, which is the solar industry, on the Latin American market. And 
one of my good friends is was the analyst for the industry for a major media publication. And we talked all the time. And I was, you know, one of his inside guys that would give him information on what's happening in the region. And he would tell me a lot about what my competitors were doing because he was talking to all of them. Yeah. Uh, so one day, I'll never forget this moment. I was chatting with him on the phone and I just said, dude, we should fucking be recording this. This is so good. And he was like, we can't record this. I'm like, yeah, we can. And we just edited out the stuff that we can't tell everybody. And we did it. And uh, he was my first episode. Uh, and, and then I wanted to launch. I hired Jeff, actually, uh, from Read to Lead. I hired Jeff Brown, who's amazing. Uh -huh. I hired him because John recommended him to me uh, as a coach. <laughs> and uh, my wife said, if you're going to really do this, like, I want to see a business plan. Um, I have an MBA, and my wife is like top of her class in business school. She literally made me sit down and write out a business plan. Really? And I wrote out a business plan. I told her, this is how I think we can monetize it. This is why it's important to me. These are the ways that I think that this is going to contribute to our goal of having seven revenue streams. And, uh, and here are a number of them that I can monetize from doing the podcast. And made it clear to her, finally, that I didn't see the podcast as an end, but as a means to an end. Um, which I think is the big failure that a lot of podcasters or would-be podcasters have is they think, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. And you've heard a million times, like everybody talks about this in the podcast world. It's like so uh, uh, passe now to talk about how it's not realistic to become a millionaire. You can't, you can't have a bunch of JLDs running around. Uh, but the reality is you can if you understand what podcasting is good for. And that is, <laughs> like Mark Maron, podcasting is a fucking excellent marketing channel. It's excellent. Yeah. You have a captive audience. Like, one of my favorite examples of this um, is uh, is my friend uh, J.B. Glossinger. And like hardly anybody knows who J.B. is. He was one of John's early guests. And he has a, uh, a podcast called Coach, uh, The Morning Coach. He was, he's been a top 25 iTunes podcast for like seven or eight years. He took it from 25,000 subscribers to 2,000 subscribers overnight when he decided that he was going to monetize it on his terms, and he started charging monthly fee. Hmm. And, uh, and it went from free to $20 a month. Now, do the math. That's for, the, for the podcast. Yeah, do the math. He went from 25. He had about an 8% retention rate, which how is did, how did he How did he track or know his subscribers? Because that's something, or is, are you talking about uh, email? Yeah, no, no, subscribers. And, um, and I don't know the exact answer to that. That's a good question about um, sort of the intricacy of iTunes. But he, uh, he knows the number somehow. And he knows that it went from 25,000 to 2,000. And, of course, he knows he has 2,000 subscribers now because they pay him through a private portal. Uh, he actually has well over that. So do the math. 2,000 and now it's $30 a month. And I'm a paying member. Hmm. Um, like that is an amazing uh, uh, example of intelligent life design, which is kind of his his uh, his shtick, and uh, and building a business that where you serve a community, uh, and I could never really figure out like what's the community that I want to serve, uh, and it dawned on me that day that I was talking to my buddy Adam, like holy crap, I'm an expert on Latin American solar. It's the fastest growing solar market in the world. If you've ever listened to any episode of my podcast, like that's the exact words I use. Um, and people don't know how to enter the market. Furthermore, like just doing business in Latin America is fucking hard. And it's a different culture. And oh, by the way, it's the fastest growing market in my industry. And mm -hmm. people want to know how to go to do business there. So 
I just said, okay, who I, I kind of took stock. <laughs> who can I interview? And I had, I don't know, a list of 50 or 100 people that I personally know who have built businesses or, or significant income in the industry in that region. And away I went, like, I'm going to go record these. And I recorded like 10 episodes. And, uh, and I was still doing, had a full-time really stressful job developing solar projects down in Latin America. Um, and, and I released it on my birthday last year. So I'm coming up on the anniversary of launching the podcast, October 6th. Uh, and when, when's your birthday? October 6th. It is October 6th. Mine's October 10th. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Libra. So, uh, it explains a little, it explains a lot about my personality in fact, but, um, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little, I'm still nervous and apprehension, apprehensive of like, you're coming up on a hundred episodes and me coming up on a year of having had the podcast. But I feel like I have felt over the last few months, like a total failure, not in and of myself, but to my audience, because I'll tell, I'll tell you the sequence of events. I think we talked about it a little bit at podcast movement. I launched on October 6th. Uh, I traveled. And so I had four episodes in the can i recorded the in the following weeks i recorded another four episodes i had eight episodes i went i traveled for three weeks for work on november 8 and so my and then i was on the podcast paradise cruise shout out to jared easley and dan franks and and uh, john and kate which was amazing and it rocked my world and i was gone for a week and i couldn't upload an episode because i hadn't really planned ahead for it is there no wi-fi on the show <laughs> Dude, I tried. I tried from the ship. It was so funny. It was just kept spinning. Oh, I'm like, funny. oh my god, it's never gonna upload. So that was my first week of failing my audience. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So when I failed my audience by not hit, hitting my weekly, a month in, like five weeks in, um, I felt like a bit of a failure. I'm on the podcast paradise cruise around all these people who are really, literally, legitimate rock stars in the podcast industry. And uh, can't ha- can't get my shit together. And um, to make it even worse, I left the podcast Paradise Cruise, came home, took my family for a week in Guatemala uh, on a business trip because um, I roll like that. Because <laughs> one of the ways I've organized my life is so that I can actually take my family wherever I go because I travel for lot- for work. So we went to Guatemala, and when I and I got called back from the trip, business trip, I had to cancel my plans, I had to change my flights, all this shit. Uh, long story short, I ended up getting fired. I ended up getting laid off. Hmm. Uh, not fired because I wouldn't have gotten a severance. severance so I got laid off. I got yeah. a nice severance. Uh, and I had to answer a whole lot of questions about, like, what am I doing with my life? Um, not necessarily what am I doing with my life, but what does this imply about where my income comes from and what's important for me to do next? And if I look back on it, there was a lot of opportunity there where I could have made hay while the sun shines in terms of actually spending a lot of free time podcasting and and growing that side of the business. But I freaked out a little bit, and um, rightfully and, so. Yeah, um, and you you know the rest of the story as well. Um, but I'll, for your listeners, I'll, I'll open up a little bit more. So, a couple months later, I had a bunch of job offers, and a couple months later, um, found out that we're pregnant with our third child. And we weren't, we were planning on moving and I was planning on doing the podcast and starting my own company, which I, I, I started and I was consulting, but quickly realized like another mouth to feed insurance, uh, is going to be a bear. I need to find a, a main client. And one of my 
advisors actually said I had an offer on the table for half of what I had been making. And he said, look, this sounds to me like you just found your first client. They want it to look like a job. You want it to look like income. It's a no-brainer. Hmm. And um, so we moved to Durham, North Carolina. Uh, actually, not for the job, but coincidentally, my we have an office here. Uh, so like, it was all this synergy in my life that was telling me, okay, just rest, relax. The universe is taking care of you. Um, but in the chaos... I felt like I couldn't legitimately represent the voice that I wanted in the podcast because I had represented to my audience that I was this international project developer working for a very well-known project development company, which gave me a bit of cachet. Uh, and it was something that I had rested a bit of my ego and my, and my um, what's the, it was a bit of my platform, right? And I was really afraid. To, to this day, I still haven't said on the show that I'm not at Conergy anymore. Um, well, the cat's really, out of the bag now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody in the industry knows now, but I haven't said it on the show for some reason. Um, but I was really afraid of what people might think of me. Uh, when are you recording your next episode? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I have recorded a bunch of episodes in the last two weeks. So um, my wife would say the answer to that should be someday soon. Uh, so I think you should, I, th I think you should publicly commit to letting your listeners know about the news the next time you record your episode. Yeah, uh, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll. I, so what I'm working on is cutting down on how long the show is, and I've cut down the intro, which is like it was like slit your wrist long. I had a nine minute intro for my first episode when I came back because I felt like I needed to explain all this stuff. Um, and anyway, uh, yeah, I will. Um, so we're at 13 episodes, four of which, let's see, four, five of them have been what I've released in the last, since February. I released an episode in, uh, in February and then another one in June and then I think three more in August. Um, and one of the main reasons that I've been really conscious about releasing more episodes despite the fact that, you know, life has been hectic. I moved, I got a new job. I'm now a partner in this in this company at a startup, and we're doing well. and uh, And I started a nonprofit, and I had a new baby, and we live in a new city, and I bought a house, and we're doing a lot of construction on it. So there's all these things. It's like, okay, legitimately, it's okay if I don't really prioritize the podcast. Except in February, a sponsor cut me a check for six grand, hmm. and said, "I'd like to see uh, where this goes." And it, it happened to be a close friend of mine. And he uh, sat down with me about a month and a half ago. And he's like, dude, I get it. But this was a significant portion of my marketing budget that you convinced me I should spend with you. And it's now absolutely not going to hit my numbers this year. Like, it's not going to contribute to the reason I was spending money with you, which is to generate more leads and to see it come in, like, actually as new orders. And... uh and that was convicting, seriously convicting, because I had not been a good steward of this guy's trust or of his money. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I've spent a lot of time, a lot of heart, uh, you know, s sort of soul searching with Vernon because he produces the show for it for me now um, about how do I make it sustainable. And, um, and I get a lot of feedback, man. I mean, I get a, I get a, I was just reading last night, I got this awesome, in mail in LinkedIn 
from a guy that basically said, hey, I was just having lunch with some some mutual friends of ours in San Francisco. I've never met this guy before. And he recommended your show. I'm now through almost all the episodes, and I just want to encourage you. Don't give up. Hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, this is remarkable. Like people recognizing that they've gotten value from the show and seeing that it hasn't been, I haven't kept up with the weekly aspect that I sort of committed to and just really genuinely encouraging. And he's not the only one. I mean, I could, I could draw, I'm in LinkedIn right now. I could look through like, I've, I've at least six of those types of emails since January of people I don't know, but whom I respect based on their profile and the, and the connections that we share who've said, dude, don't give up. This is worth it. You're doing a great job. And, uh, and it, and it can, it, it goes back to the fact that like the original thesis was people want to understand what, what's on the mind and how of, of someone who's succeeded in an area of life or business that, that they want to succeed in. Or that they look to as like, I mean, there's this guy, Marco, Marco Garcia, he's episode two of my show, really close friend of mine. And he's kind of, uh, I mean, he's an icon in our industry. He has been involved in more deals than just about anybody I know. And the guy's killed it. Like he's been a part of two companies getting um, acquired by major uh, companies. And, and uh, on the show, he literally goes through like, what he's thinking the night before arriving in a new country, right? Mexico or wherever. And like what he does to prepare for that trip. Mm. No, nobody in my industry talks about that shit because it's a energy is a stodgy old industry where it's the us and thems, right? It's the old guys who've done it for years and it's the new guard that's going to have to come in and take over. And the old guys don't want to share with the new guys because the new guys are going to eat their lunch. Yeah. And so that my thesis is dude, like, we really need to break down this barrier that all guys need to be sharing. And if they'll only share by talking to a friend, then great. I'll publish that. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What? I, talk, I just talked for no, a while. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> How has that experience, and we'll dive specifically into the, some of the points um, in detail, but on the sponsorship, like mm. what what did that teach you about this thought that you originally had that you don't, it's my show, I can do what I want and I can release it when I want and, you know, it's its the Nico show. <laughs> but now, maybe you didn't think about it when he gave you the, 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 the money, but once you had it and having had that conversation with him, how has that um, changed your your thoughts, your thought process about those types of relationships and the importance of um, treating this as something that other people see as valuable and other people can get value from. And now you're in a partnership. So now that the, there is some sort of responsibility for you to, to be uh, like you said, stewards with their, with their investments and uh, to take your show a little more seriously. The answer to that question is I want to wrap it in a way that's really meaningful to someone who's considering how they can monetize their show and if it, if that's important. I worked in major public companies uh, as you know, a senior leader in the marketing team. So when I approached this company, 
who I happen to know, which is a benefit of being where I'm at in the industry, I happen to know the guys with the purse strings in the marketing department. When I approached them, there was no question in my mind they were going to give me money. I never doubted it. It was really a question of how much and what was my value proposition to them. And it was really simple for me to break it down for them because I was on, in their shoes spending marketing dollars, so I know exactly how they think. That said, it totally was a cold bath that I didn't really connect at a heart level that my commitment to them was helping, was in their mind, helping them achieve their number, right? Like their nut, their actual like revenue depended on whether or not when they send those little dollars out, they go out and recruit other dollars to come back with them. And that uh, was complete uh, uh, oversight on my part. And it was a little bit of naivety, to be honest, despite the fact that, like what I just said, I was in their shoes. Um, but when you're in the marketing team, like it does become, it's a little bit of fake money. And he's not in the marketing team. He's the actual, he's the guy responsible for the region on the sales side. And I've been in both shoes as well. I've been in the sales team and responsible for hitting a number. So it took that for me to take my show seriously again. Uh, it took him calling me and saying, dude, I like you, man. And we're, we're buddies, we're friends. But like, we got to figure this out because I can't, like, I, I'm not going to be able to sponsor your show again um, if I don't show results. And furthermore, how's it going to look to your audience when you release six episodes that we've helped produce and your whole show is 13 episodes? It's like, get your shit together, dude. But put more episodes out because I don't want to be one third of your show. And it doesn't help. That, that actually doesn't help my brand. Uh, because it looks like now you're only doing the show because you're paid to do it. And that, that entirely was not the intent. The, in the, in the complete intent of the partnership with them was that they would underwrite creative content um, and, and that they would help provide mutual exposure <laughs> to, new, uh, to new potential in interviews that would be you know, slightly different and interesting. And what it did is it helped me actually produce the first shows in Spanish, which was one of my goals. Um, but it just created this huge bundle of nerves for me as well because I overcommitted. The, okay, so the reason that I failed to produce their episodes and one of the reasons why I failed to continue producing the show are, are one and the same. I habitually put more on myself than I could handle. Um, one way with my show is that I began producing it with a close friend of mine who is an excellent producer but who's attention to detail and whose expectations for quality of show are part excellence. They're, you know, he, he is bar none one of the best uh, producers uh, I've ever met. Uh, and he has an exacting uh, sort of perspective on what a podcast should sound like if it's meant to be produced. And I let that get in my head and I let it affect how critical I was of every little element. Furthermore, he does a production element called in-story production, which is the, MP the NPR style, right? Where they break in and they're like, you know, they break into the show and they sort of narrate the conversation. And uh, I sold to this company that, that is sponsoring my show the notion of doing in-story and adding that to my show. And they bought hook, line, and sinker. They loved it. Like, why not? We'd love to be a part of helping you craft your show to become more NPR style. Dude, I realized after they sent me the check, like, holy crap. Actually, I talked to him, and he's like, that's great. 
um, $1,000 an episode, guess what? It's going to cost you about $1,000 an episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's no joke doing it yeah. at that level. That's, yeah, and he actually said, I'd be surprised if we'll get away with doing it for $1,000 an episode if you actually count the time you're going to put in. He said this is 60 to 80 hours per episode in production value. And uh, I almost fainted. I was like, holy shit, what am I going to do? So classic for me, I kicked the ball down the field and just you know avoided the conversation for a while because, hey, I'm moving. Hey, I just started this new job. Hey, I'm having a baby. Mm. And, um, and then I realized, like, wait a minute. It actually doesn't need – like I'm, I'm putting these chains on myself. So I called him up, and, I, and this is uh, shortly after we had the conversation. Dude, I really got to hear some shows coming out. I said, hey, I'm going to change the format of what we've agreed to, and I want to see if you're cool with it. I'm just going to keep doing my show the way I do my show, and I'm going to interview the guests that you've proposed in the same style with some specific questions meant to get to the heart of why you're sponsoring. Is that cool? And he goes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why didn't you, decide to, why didn't you say that the first time? Like, we should have just done that. Yeah. He goes, is that why you haven't produced a show? I'm like, yeah, that's why. Because I was afraid I was going to fucking fail. And, um, and he said, uh, he goes, man, I get it. I totally get it. Uh, now let's get some shows done. And so we, uh, we have the last one uh, recording on, it was supposed to record yesterday, uh, but it's recording on Monday. And I'm going to be working all weekend on producing those shows. And I've got four episodes already in the can. Um, that I need to start releasing. So we're about to get back rocking with it. But um, yeah, it's something that uh, I've had high hopes for for the show. Uh, but it's been a lot of soul searching on what do I want to do outside of outside of my career in the solar industry? Like, how do I really leverage the fact that I've been in the industry for 10 years? Uh, I, I don't want something to negatively reflect on the integrity I've created in the industry and the character that I've created. And this was all created as a personal branding aspect. Like my show is a way for me to decouple who I am as an, ind as an industry professional from the companies that I work for. Yeah. And it worked flawlessly. Uh, and it scared the shit out of me because it, I started, I started thinking like the classic, what if this actually succeeds? I don't know if I want to podcast every day. Like, Okay, what else am I going to do? I got to make courses. And I started running through all the stuff like that was on my business plan. <laughs> oh, God, now I got to go create all that shit. Uh, yeah, so it's taken some time to really, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I'm just talking <laughs> to this shit with you, man. Because it's actually like, this is therapy. therapy. For me, so thank you, right? Well, it's podcasters. Uh, there's a podcast called Podcasters uh, Therapy. Podcast therapy yeah. yeah, but I think what's important is to realize that because you were in their marketing shoes, to some extent, you took advantage of that information. Mm. And you said, like you said, you said it yourself. Like, I knew what their answer was going to be going forward. And oh, I so, totally manipulated it completely. And it ended up, you know, backfiring and, um, you know, coming back to haunt you and, you know, almost derailed the entire podcast. But I think it sounds like you were able to recover. It sounds like you're back on track looking at the schedule you released a couple in, in late August, and, I, and I'm assuming you're back on some sort of regular schedule now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am. I am. And that, well, it's been a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, my my intention is that I'm kind of I'm on the fence right now. So my answer maybe is no. I'm not on a regular schedule. Let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, but my anniversary of the show is coming around, and I've been I've actually been lining up a lot of amazing interviews. 
just yesterday, for example, uh, so I was at a trade show last week and like the major trade show and I record a bunch of shit. And then I met with a guy who doesn't fit the profile of my show at all, but he's a CEO that has done amazing things in our industry and he's 35 and his company just yesterday was named number three on the Inc 500 list. Hmm. And, um, and he and I were texting back and forth and he was like, great, when do you want to record? Cause he wants to share his story because I told him that he should. And I was telling him all this stuff about the way he grew his career and he was thinking about it because we were competitors. And so I knew a lot about him and we became friends. And I said, dude, you really should tell your story. It's inspiring. And he had never thought about it. And I said, well, would you let me like, give me the, would you give me the opportunity to help you tell your story? And so now I'm thinking about what, what does the content of my show really intend to do and what would seasons look like or thematic approaches to the, to addressing my audience's deep, deep curiosities. And one of those is I want to do this theme around, uh, and I actually got like, I, I got confirmation from several industry icons that are founders of companies that they would come on the show. So I'm going to do this founding fathers hmm. theme. I don't know, five, 10, it really comes down to how many people say yes. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to do, uh, the young guns. So who are the guys that are, following up like following these guys footsteps and like the next industry leaders uh i'm gonna do and so i'm doing sort of segmenting it now i'm gonna do a series on energy storage a series on uh energy auctions and how to win energy auctions because that's a big part of our industry a series on deep dive into relevant markets like let's look at the top five markets and what is relevant to know about them um instead of just kind of willy-nilly one of the reasons that i just don't have a plan like i I haven't had a plan i've just said okay well i'll see if this guy will go on the show and i'll interview him and instead of saying here are the people that i want to interview and here's why and i'm going to organize the the structure of it in a way that makes sense to the listener and that they can go back that'll encourage them to go back and listen to chunks of content right so what i want is something that is evergreen uh you know in the sense that if a new listener comes in and somebody has said you should listen to Suncast and they want to know everything about storage as it pertains to the market, they can go to these six episodes. And there it is. And I don't need to keep asking every fucking interviewee like what their thoughts on, are on storage. Mm. You know? Yeah, I think what's what was interesting when I first heard what you were doing with your show was the fact that I, it was super niche to me. I mean, you're like, oh, oh so, yeah, solar power niche. in Latin America. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's not just yeah, it's not just solar power, but it's solar power in Latin America. And and I'm like, wow, man, it, you must have like a ton of listeners who really get value from the show. Uh, and I, I can share the numbers. Yeah, if you'd like, sure. Yeah, I get between five and seven hundred downloads an episode, and that's with practically no marketing. That's just through my network. And for and for listeners who are not as familiar with with what that means, uh, Libsyn, a uh, popular hosting company, has a podcast where they share what the the media numbers are. And I think if you're one seventy, one seventy five, you're above half of all podcasts out there. And then you start to yeah. get into like 
thousands and two thousands. But yeah, I mean, I think for that, those are solid numbers for any podcaster, especially one who's been a slacker with his episode releases. <laughs> totally. Actually, and knowing my numbers was helpful for me because it didn't matter. Uh, Luis uh, didn't care how many. Um, yeah. And that's another that's another important point, too, for folks looking to get sponsorships. It's not about download numbers. The guy's cutting you a $6,000 check. Now you just have to record those damn episodes. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so I was accountable. We need a, a podcast record, uh, production accountability group. <laughs> we would start with our, our podcast. I just need a mastermind. That's actually <laughs> been another area of like fucking. Why don't I have? So you you mentioned uh, earlier you're you're a fan of autobiographies. Uh, have there any been any particular ones that have stood out for you in terms of like oh like this is this resonated with me and it's something that I carry with me in my life? Yeah. Um, in particular, I'll, I'll just name one, um, because I was just thinking about it today. Uh, Andrew Carnegie and I pronounce it the correct way, Carnegie. So Andrew Carnegie, uh, is the quintessential entrepreneur. And yeah, it can be argued that he built his wealth on the back of breaking backs, but it can also be argued that having realized kind of having come to the realization that he had made, become the richest man in the world, um, because of his his arbitrage and um, and questionable business practices uh, in the early days, he realized the importance of giving. And so he, I can't remember the name of the book right now. It's on it's on creating wealth. It's um, the something of wealth that he wrote that effectively says we are. And he, by the way, he was a big advocate for the estate tax. Because he believed that it was treason. It was just it was absurd that all these families pass their wealth down from person to person instead of redistributing it to mm-hmm. the community. And so he was a huge, huge advocate for uh, the cycle of wealth and the recycling of uh, income back into the community. And that's why he built over 2,500, 2,800 libraries, Carnegie libraries. He, that's why he built Carnegie Hall, to expose people to culture. He, um, the Carnegie Foundation, uh, a lot of the ways that he spent, he spent the, the entire second half of his life giving his money away. And he, he was an advocate for thinking in a way that puts you in the center of the redistribution of wealth as opposed to the aggregation of it. And so, yeah, there's a book. Uh, is it the Gospel of Wealth? As as uh, as Nico heads on over to his bookshelf. Yeah, I usually have it, so I've moved, and all of my books are. Uh, it's funny that we talked about this already, but my all of my books are dis- are just spread around because I haven't finished unpacking. But um, it's the the tome in, in particular that there's been a, b- a bunch written on Andrew Carnegie, but the one that I love is it's black cover. I don't remember the, who if it was an autobiography or what, but it's thick. I mean, it must be like 800 pages, um, and uh, and it. You know, he's just in a real inspiration. The other one that's a really, really cool autobiography and everybody should read has been Franklin's autobiography. Yeah, heard good things about that as well. Yeah. Well, we're at the hour mark, interestingly enough, for someone who didn't think we'd have a lot to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I think but I think what was interest what, what what fascinates me is the journey that you've been on and that a lot of listeners can relate to because you've all been there as well in terms of thinking about how you start your show, how you're going to continue with it. What's going to keep you motivated to record week in and week out? Um, What, what value are you providing to your audience? What type of engagement are you receiving? And 
are you taking that feedback to heart and using it to make your show better? And I think through a series of ups and downs that you've had over the past year, I think you've learned a lot of lessons and I think importantly enough decided not to quit and maybe even double down and figure out how you how you do make this work. Without a doubt. Uh, not the least of which is because we had a third kid. I'm making less half the money I made last year and my best friend and uh, accountability partner constantly reminds me, dude, you could be making money from your podcast if you would just produce one. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's interesting not- because it's... You're in you're in an industry where you can easily rise to the top as a thought leader. No if you if you look at pod, I mean if, even if you search for podcasts, I don't know how many podcasts are cover solar in Latin America. You know is zero zero one zero I mean one yeah one <laughs> so one sort of does. Sometimes it seems like zero because you don't publish an episode. But that's right, yeah. But even solar industry, um, there at the time of publishing a year ago, there were five, and. Uh, energy broadly, there were less than 50, less than 25 that had any regularity, less than 10 that had a weekly show. Um, and the one, the energy gang, which is probably the top and longest running one thus far, um, it has become, uh, the guy who produces it, Steven has become a good friend of mine and wants to collaborate. And that was another thing that scared the shit out of me. So yeah, you gotta be careful. Like if you like me are very well connected in industry, um, the fear of success is greater than the fear of failure because then you have to answer the question, do I really want to do this hmm. on a consistent basis? And then my, my parting thought for your listeners is what gets scheduled gets done. Yeah. Pure and simple. If you don't, if you don't have uh, recordings booked on your calendar, you're not producing a show. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I now have uh, probably four or five episodes in the can and i'm always conscious of having conversations or or following through on emails where i've indicated to people that i want them on but you have to you have to work at it because at some point i i used to be in the past where i was like next week i don't know what i'm going to do and i'd have to try to rustle up an episode and i think it's important for me to be at least four or five episodes in from a recording perspective i think you know i think that's also the flaw of folks who follow the jld model is they think that everyone who's a successful podcaster has eight or so shows in the can or three months as John. John's just a machine. But the reality is like people who've been podcasting a long time and by now you've been podcasting a long time. Jeff Brown, read the lead, podcasting a long time. Jeff has a show format that sometimes leaves him high and dry. Like he, he can have authors call and be like, yeah, I can't record right now. Mm -hmm. And he's told me, I mean, he said I had, I've had guys I mean, I've been on Monday without a show because what I had counted on, I didn't have anything that can. So it's it's really important that you have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, you'll you'll fail. And that's the, that's the primary reason why I failed. Despite having a bunch of things written down, I didn't have anything scheduled after episode nine. And uh, and my life got crazy. And since my life got crazy and I didn't have things scheduled, I let it go. So, yeah, what gets scheduled gets done. What get measured, get, what gets managed, measured gets managed. Yeah, very good uh, words to live by. So just wrapping things up, uh, a couple of uh, one-off questions. What have you changed your mind about recently? Uh, I feel like I change my mind all the time, Harry. I want to give you an actual answer about something that matters. Um, and it doesn't have to be podcasting related. Yeah, I mean, the first answer hilarious answer was i am not going to continue my me undies subscription 
that's an important one. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you have a, a, a backup plan there. Otherwise, uh, you're just. No, gonna... dude, I've had a subscription for a year. Who needs more than 12 underwear? Come on. They're amazing. I love me undies. But my wife was like, really? Another me undies package? <laughs> I mean, she. That's She's funny. like, why do you all of a sudden have more? Well, not all of a sudden. I've always had yeah. more shoes than her. But why do you have more shoes and more underwear than me? This is very anyway. Very troubling. That's yeah, hilarious. One, yeah. I'll give you, uh, yeah, I, yeah. My other one is I decided to cl- cancel ClickFunnels, but that's for another show. Yeah. Um, well, no. The, the, well, it speaks to this overall thing of this this new economy of like subscriptions. And I was uh, oh, I was pr- they, pr- they pr- prone to the to yeah. Yeah. I was prone to that as well. I, I joined uh, Tim Ferriss's Quarterly Club, and I look forward because Tim Ferriss is a fantastic curator. And then at some point, uh, my wife as well. She's like, another box of like crap showed up, and she's like, "What?" Are I mean, they, they, they were, it was like a wrestling DVD. It was like a, ja- <laughs> a Japanese flexible saw, and I'm and I was trying to rationalize like where I would possibly use any of that. A couple of things were really good that I still use. Um, some exercise balls and stuff, but then it was like a, there's a back massager with like knobs and stuff, and you would Dude, just like. I'm, I'm holding this up for you right now. <laughs> this is proof positive. The guy on the front of this episode or of this this week's in, uh, Inc. Magazine 500, nobody knows who the fuck he is. But you know what he did? He created the fastest growing subscription company in the world. Is that Birch Loot, Crate. Uh, Loot Crate. Okay. Who's Loot Crate? I don't know. Who the hell? No, dude, they grew sixty seven thousand percent year over year <laughs> 67 the, that's gotta be i mean i don't know i haven't looked at statistics and i'll use them to my advantage that's gotta be the fastest growing subscription model in the world yeah holy crap but then people the, what what but what it speaks to is just all this crap that people have in their house now like chris davis like, thank like, you for filling our house with the shit chris davis like 37 <laughs> pairs of underwear no i love so I, i'm a trunk club the thing i love about trunk oh, yeah, club trunk is, that, cool too. is that you can send the shit back yeah that's good and but I've oh man they've got a lot of my money my my, my wife would be like another truck I'm like hey see I can send it back I don't have to buy anything. <laughs> what is uh the one most misunderstood thing about you? Oh, oh God, this is a good question, man. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, my buddy Charles Gupton. Thank him. I love that guy. Uh, you met Charles, right? Charles had... Gupton, uh, Creator's Journey. Okay. Tall guy, really like glasses, um, wore a hat. Anyway. Charles is amazing. He's a fellow podcaster here in the Raleigh-Durham area. Shout out to Creator's Journey. It's an amazing podcast. And Charles Gupton is just an amazing human being. And we had breakfast before he went to Camp Good Life Project, This like which I couldn't go to because I had a baby two weeks before. Um, which is also amazing. Jonathan Fields is just an amazing curator of human beings. Um, so he said something to me that rocked me. I was sharing with him like in tears about how frustrated I was and how much I was struggling with a lot of things that I won't go into detail about that were real personal struggles. And um, he said, wow. And he was in tears and he was like, dude, he's like, I never, he, he goes, here I have in, in my mind and perhaps on this pedestal, like Nico with his cape flapping in the, in the wind behind him. And I said, what? And he was like, yeah, dude, like you, I just had this image that you're Superman, like nothing affects you and, and you just are constantly in charge. Um, could, it could not be further from the truth. I am, uh, oh God, dude, there's, that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> I mean, literally I could tell you so much about the, the, what, what happens or not inside of my head that contributes. And I mean, by any, any, any standard, by any standard, 
I am successful. I will not deny that. Um, but I'm proof positive that it doesn't matter. Like you have defining success by the world standards is not success. And um, if you can't, if you don't get a handle on your yourself, if you don't get a handle on who you really are and what that means for how you how you maneuver this world, then you're lost and you're not successful no matter if you're a billionaire. Um, and there, there, there are lots of great examples of why that's true, uh, but the biggest misunderstanding about me is that people think when they meet me or when they've even known me in Charles' case for over a year that somehow I'm superhuman. Um, and I wake up every day feeling like I'm a fucking retard. <laughs> you know, like, why can't I finish producing this podcast? Why have I got, I made this to-do list on Monday morning that I haven't checked one thing off of, but I've had a productive week, and why didn't I ever I go back and look at that to-do list that I created? Um, anyway, I, I accomplish a lot of stuff, but I don't consider myself by, um, by my own sort of perfection standards successful. Um, and so, yeah, that's one thing misunderstood about me. Yeah, and I imagine we can tease that out 12 Ways to Sunday, but uh, that's probably a good place to put a bow on this this mm -hmm. this ther podcast therapy session. Uh, for any podcaster, I think they're going to get a lot out of it because wow. they, I imagine they relate to a lot of what you spoke to. It's not easy. It's not uh, a walk in the park, whether you're at episode 13 or episode 103. You know, I, I think, um, interestingly enough, they're both one and three in the number. Um, but yeah, I think it, everyone's on their own journey. And to the extent that you think it's important for you and you think it's important for your listeners to continue, then I think you owe it to yourself and to them to do that or like they say shit or get off the pot right just yeah. or just stop it because you're not you're wasting everyone that's else's right. time because if you're going to give people the the impression that this is something that's important for you but then every time you finish an episode you're like oof i just barely made it over the finish line and it's just like mm -hmm. a pain and i dread recording episodes like don't do it you know it's not yeah. it's not helping you it's not helping your audience um, yeah but if you do do it then uh realize where there's places uh that you can improve and, yeah. and then just double down and then just make the best show that you think you're, you can. And I think a good, a good litmus test, I completely agree with you. A good litmus test for me was very recently I recorded an episode and I walked down to my wife and she said, you're, you look like you're floating on clouds. And I said, yeah, I should record an episode every day. And she said, yeah, why don't you? Uh, and I said, because that means I'd have so much fucking content to edit. And then I would slip my wrists and you would be here alone cashing in on our, oh, wait. Maybe that's why you want me to produce so much content. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the thing is, if you record and it fills you with uh, unmeasurable amounts of adrenaline and dopamine, you're probably on to something. Yeah. You got to figure out the rest, though, or you'll never put it out in the world. Amen, brother. So where's the best place for folks to track you down? Ah, you, you know, honestly, like LinkedIn is probably where oh, yeah. I am the most prolific. I... I tell people on my show to tweet at me and I see it like four weeks later. So at, you know, at Nico, M-E-O, Nico Mayo in Spanish uh, is my Twitter. But really just like if you look, if you search Nico Johnson on LinkedIn, I'm almost guaranteed to be the top result. And, um, and my suncast.com is the show and suncast. If you search that in any podcast player, it comes up usually one or two. And uh, yeah. 
I don't know why they would want to find me, but I'm happy to have conversations <laughs> with people if, if they're curious about, you know, if they need podcast podcast therapy. <laughs> yeah, if they just want to commiserate, they can call you. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I love making new friends yeah. and uh, I'm really grateful for our friendship. It'll go in my uh, five minute journal this evening. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we've met and I'm glad we had a chance to dig deeper and appreciate you taking the time to come on and to be so open with your journey because I think it's going to provide a lot of value for listeners. Thanks, brother. If I'm out, when I'm out in LA, I'll look you up. Sounds good. So thanks to Nico for being so open and honest about his challenges with the podcast and for sharing that story with us. I think there's several of you that are listening that can relate to what it's like to get so excited about something and then realize after you understand what's involved in getting this out week in and week out, um, that it may not be all that it was cracked up to be, but I applaud him for sticking through with it and for telling some of the stories that uh, put a smile on my face and reminded me of the fun that we had at Podcast Movement. Podcast Junkies is a proud member of Podcastica. Head on over to to podcastica.com and see all the shows that we've got there in case you haven't done so already. If you are new to the show, then you may not know all the the fantastic shows we have. We are uh, uh, happy to be connected to. But what I wanted to talk about really quickly was uh, the Patreon page that's been set up for Jason and Karen to support the Walking Dead cast. Uh, it's something new that they're doing, and it's something that I wholeheartedly get, uh, get behind. So head on over to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen, the word and spelled out. And uh, it, it's it's something that they want to do because they want to focus more of their time on getting support for for. Uh, an incredibly popular show, something that I love a lot. So I just wanted to devote a little bit of special time to them uh, so you can check that out. Music is provided by Cedar and Soil. Check out Cedar and Soil. Check out cedarsoil.com for uh, the new music that George is putting out. He's really a really great friend, and I'm so happy that he's been with me since day one of this podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast at podcastjunkies.com. This episode is brought to you by PodFunnel. If you are a solo podcaster and you understand the importance of getting your show out to a bunch of different destinations, like getting it to your Lipson account, getting it to WordPress, getting it to SoundCloud, getting it to YouTube, and you realize that there's not enough time in the day to get it all done, and you're wondering, when am I going to get back to the dinner table to have dinner with my kids? Am I going to be able to tuck in my daughter? Am I going to be able to take my wife or my husband out on that date night that you have scheduled every week. Well, if you're sitting at the the laptop trying to get the podcast distributed to all these different sites, then it's going to drive you crazy. It drove me crazy. And that's one of the reasons why, uh, with some help from uh, some tech friends that I have, I I put together this tool that I I think is a godsend for podcasters, especially as we start to add additional features. We're going to add connections to Facebook, to Instagram, to um, Google, and some other destination sites. Well, maybe not Google. Google's going to be on the back end of that because we haven't seen much traffic there. So maybe scratch that, but definitely uh, Facebook, definitely Instagram. And we're going to make it as easy as possible because you're going to just use the PodFunnel front front end. So PodFunnel.com, we're signing up beta listeners and um, people who get get in and sign up now are going to be able to uh, have the tool for life. Life is a long time. So if you made it this far, then you're listening for the retention hashtag, then that's going to be SolarNico, S-O-L-A-R-N-I-C-O. Feel free to tag him at uh, at NicoMeo, N-I-C-O-M-E-O, and podcast underscore junkies. Let us know you made it this far. 
Stay tuned next week for my conversation with Christine Blackburn, host of Storyworthy, which is now on the Wondery Network. We found out we were neighbors and we're still doing it over Skype. So that's funny, funny stories, podcasting related. Uh, always a good time. Uh, hope you check that out. That's going to be episode 110. Have a fantastic week, guys. Thank you.